أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى والذين يصلون ما أمر الله به أن يوصل ويخشون ربهم ويخافون سوء الحساب وقال تبارك وتعالى والذين يقطعون ما امر الله به ان يوصل ويسدون في الارض اولئك لهم اللعنه ولهم سوء الدار وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم تعلموا من انسابكم كي تصلون به ارحامكم او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين ويوصل رسائل درود شريف اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم يا رب صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم اما بعد ولما كرام ريسبكتد الدرز ديا برادرز الله سبحانه وتعالى and Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has emphasized very much the maintaining of good relationship with our relatives, with our family members especially and then with the ummah, the muslimin in general. But the emphasis is very much on keeping a good relationship with one's family members, with one's relatives and to do everything to make them happy, to make them comfortable, to see to their needs, to assist them, to maintain a good relationship with them. So in that regard, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed many verses of the Holy Qur'an. I have recited one or two verses and I will briefly explain and also the very many ahadiths of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then remember that Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he did not, <coughs> he did not only mention about the, uh, the rights or the kind treatment of parents in words, but he also uh, complied with it in his own action and his own amal. He demonstrated to us practically how it is to be done. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whatever he said, he practiced it 100% and he demonstrated it practically how it is to be done, how it is to be carried out. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him as a perfect example, as the ideal role model. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهُ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرُ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares in the Holy Quran that He has sent Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a uswatun hasana, as a perfect guide, as a perfect role model. So whatever Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam preached or what he taught or what he advised, he practiced it and he demonstrated practically how it is to be carried out. So, on one side, ayats of the Qur'an, on the other side, the ahadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
and then we see the practical examples in the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam in so far as his relationship with his family especially with his relatives and so forth for example what was Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam's relationship with his father now this is a trick question let us see if we, we, we understand this is a trick question what was his relationship with his father obviously if we know the seerah the answer will be that he passed he was, his father passed away before he was born so obviously there was no relationship that he had with his father because his father had passed away even before he was born how was he going to have any kind of relationship with his father but he may have not had the father in the biological sense of the father who was the his biological father his father Abdullah but Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam had a fatherly figure in his life who was like a father unto him and who would be that personality who was like a fatherly figure to him anybody will be able to answer that question Jay I couldn't get the can somebody say it a bit louder That was his grandfather. Abdul Muttalib was his grandfather, no doubt. But Abdul Muttalib didn't live long after that. We could say the fatherly figure in the life of Nabi Karim Wasallam, till he himself had become quite elderly and old, was his beloved uncle, Abu Talib. Abu Talib was the fatherly figure in his life. And now we see what kind of relationship he didn't have a father. But he had an uncle that was in place of a father. Nabi Karim sallallahu alaihi wasallam has also mentioned about the virtues of uncles that they are in the place of your father, in the absence of your father, your uncles take the place of your father. So we see that he had a fatherly figure and that fatherly figure was Abu Talib. And what was the relationship between him and Abu Talib? Allahu Akbar, what a relationship how he respected his uncle, how his uncle respected him, and how Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam was loved so much by his uncle that his uncle loved him more than his own children. And how Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam at a young age did not want to become a financial burden on his uncle who was his fatherly figure in his life. Therefore, he did not depend on him much for financial assistance because he knew Abu Talib had a big family and Abu Talib was already uh, carrying a heavy responsibility of a big family to look after and on top of that he had to look after his nephew so Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam at a very tender age 12 years or so he began to look for employment so that he could earn for himself see to his own needs and not only that, but that he could even assist his uncle Abu Talib. And subhanallah, we find that at the tender age, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam works for the wealthy people of the Quraysh by 
looking after their animals. He became a shepherd. He became a shepherd. And he used to tend to the flock of the Quraysh. And it has been mentioned in detail in the kitabs of Sirah that he was, he used to get paid also. He was remunerated by them. Certain tirat, certain currency was given to him. Certain amounts were given to him for carrying out this role as a shepherd for the animals of the Quraysh. Allahu Akbar. Nabi Karim saw at that young age, he did not want to be a financial burden. He worked for, for the people and Allahu Akbar, this was the great sunnah of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions that every Nabi of Allah that came in this world was a shepherd. First, tarbiyat of Anbiya was done directly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the tarbiyah was done first through animals. Every Musa alayhi salam was he not a shepherd? What does the Quran say? How many years he was a shepherd? Quran says that eight years plus two years he added ten years. Nabi Musa alayhi salam was a shepherd and he used to look after the animals of Shu'aib alayhi salam who was also his father-in-law. And after completing that long period of shepherding of animals, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses that as the means of the tarbiyah of the Anbiya alayhi salam, that when they are able to look after and tend the animals, they develop within themselves those attributes and qualities of nubuwat that they can now look after their flock, the human flock. They now develop those attributes of looking after the human flock. And they tend to the human flock with that same level of compassion and mercy and concern. This is how Allah SWT makes the tarbiyah of the Anbiya alayhi salam. Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught me and he taught me in a most beautiful way. And he trained me, and he trained me in the most beautiful way. What is the training of the Anbiya alayhi salam? That training comes directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The tarbiyah of Anbiya alayhi salam is done directly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here we find that I just gave a glimpse. I gave a glimpse of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi salam's relationship with a fatherly figure in his life, Abu Talib. What was the relationship of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi sallam with his mother? Now we know also that his mother had passed away when he was just a mere six years of age. But there are incidents, very brief incidents of his relationship with his mother. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a motherly figure like he had a fatherly figure. He liked, like that he had a motherly figure in his life. And Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam's relationship with that motherly figure, Allahu Akbar, was like better than how somebody whose relationship would, would be with his own mother. And who was the motherly figure in the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam? MashaAllah, Umm Ayman, Umm Ayman. Radiallahu ta'ala anha, 
and her name was actually her proper name. Umm Ayman was her title. What was her proper name? Her proper name was Baraka. Baraka. And do we know what is the origins of Umm Ayman? From where, which part of the world she came? Umm Ayman came from Africa. She was of African origin. This was the, we could call the motherly figure in the life of Nabi Karim sallallahu Umm Ayman. And he used to call her my mother after my mother. Allahu Akbar, what a relationship. Umm Ayman was actually a slave girl of his late father Abdullah. But then she was free. But she chose to live on with the family because she began to love this family so much that she used to live with Amina, the mother of Nabi Karim sallallahu and be with her, especially because she had become very ill. She was with her all the time. And she traveled with them to Medina when Nabi Karim sallallahu went with his mother Amina. He went to Medina Sharif. Umm Ayman accompanied them on that journey because she had relatives in Medina. Amina radiallahu anha, she had relatives in Medina. And these relatives were from the tribe of the Banu Najjar. When Nabi Karim sallallahu arrived in Medina, they are the people who came to receive him. And they said, we have the first right because you are our family, you are our relatives. So that was from her, from his maternal side. That he had relatives in Medina Sharif. And so we find that this is that wonderful personality that when Amina passed away between Makkah and Medina at a place called Abwa, there were only two people, Nabi Karim sallallahu and Umm Ayman. And these two, one little child and one woman, the two of them took the responsibility and they, they, they buried her made her cover and placed her inside her cover. The story of how Nabi Karim sallallahu cried on the death of his mother and how he fell on her cover and he cried for so long that Umm Ayman had to pull him away and console him somehow and take him away to Makkah Mukarramah. That is another story altogether. But Umm Ayman was, he used to say, my mother after my mother. And then he treated her like a mother. So the motherly figure in his life, fatherly figure in his life. What about Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa relationship with his brothers? Now we'll ask the question, where were the brothers of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Yes, he did not have biological brothers. But then he had brothers that were his foster brothers. Hamza radiallahu ta'ala who was also his uncle, but he was also his foster brother. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa treated them like how a person will treat his own brother. And what about his relationship with his sisters? How was his relationship with his sisters? Again, he had no sisters. He was the only child. There's no biological sisters. But subhanallah, he had his foster sisters. Shima radiallahu anha was his foster sister. They drank milk from one mother so she became a, a sister to him by way of having a foster mother, common foster mother. 
became a foster sister to him, Shima radiallahu anha, when she came to visit Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Medina Sharif, Allah, what ikram he made of her, what honor he showed to her. He removed his own Mubarak shawl and he placed it on the ground and he made a sit on his shawl. This was the extent of love and respect that he showed towards his sister. Then of course, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had uncles, his relationship with his uncles. He had aunts, his relationship with his aunts. He had wives, his relationship with his wives. He had daughters, his relationship with his daughters. He had, he had a son, sons for that matter, he had sons. But one son lived at least to the age of two, Ibrahim radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Nabi Karim sallallahu relationship with him. Nabi Karim sallallahu relationship with his grandchildren, Hassan and Hussein and Umayma and others. And Nabi Karim sallallahu relationship with his cousins, Jafar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and others. Nabi Karim sallallahu relationship with his sons-in-law, Abba, uh, 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 Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Abu al-As, and Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, his relationship with them. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa relationship with his fathers-in-law, Abu Bakr, Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa relationship even with his wife's relatives. For example, his relationship with the sister of his late wife, Khadija radiallahu anha. All of these, besides his extended relatives, the Quraysh tribe, and members of the Quraysh tribe, etc. These were all the family circle of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And subhanallah, all what he mentioned about good treatment and good relationship with one's family, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam practically demonstrated it with the circle of family of his. All these relatives of his, the Banu Hashim, the family of his grandfather, great-grandfather, Hashim, who was the father of Abdul Muttalib, who was the father of Abdullah, who was the father of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi the whole Banu Hashim clan, that was his extended family, his relatives. What was his relationship with all of them? This is something that if we look at each example, subhanallah, I just gave a glimpse of his relationship with his fatherly figure, with his motherly figure, with his foster brothers, foster sisters. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa relationship then after that, if we have to start looking into his relationship with his wives, with his uh, other relatives, we will see that everything what he mentioned in terms of how relatives and family must be treated, every bit of it was practically demonstrated by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned regarding the importance of good relationship with one's family. He mentioned that a person who is good to his family, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him many, many benefits. There is one narration that comes that ten benefits Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him. He will win the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will become the source of he will become a source of happiness, promoting happiness in a family. And to make a Muslim happy is a source of happiness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And shaitan will become aggrieved. And it will grant him a long life. And it will give him 
livelihood, increase in barka in his livelihood, and it will strengthen the relationships in the family, and it will benefit him even after his demise, and he will be rewarded greatly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yawm al-Qiyamah. These are some of the great benefits of keeping good ties with family. Today, unfortunately, we find that family ties are being broken, family relations are not being maintained. On petty grounds, people break up with family. The reasons for breaking up, there are many. I don't want to go into that long discussion, but because we speak ill of family, we think bad, have negative opinions about family members, we get quickly angry with them, we become frustrated, we have jealousy and malice in our heart, we are intolerant towards them, we become impatient, we are arrogant and proud. These are the factors that contribute to the breaking of family ties and family relations. Sometimes a person on petty reasons, petty grounds, that doesn't even constitute a proper reason, breaks family ties. And for weeks and months and years on end, I know of cases, brothers are not on talking terms for 30 years, 35 years, 40 years. Allah knows best when they will come to their senses and realization, when the cover is, when a murda is going in the cover, everybody is standing there and shedding tears. But when the man was alive, nobody cared to keep a good relationship. This is not the teachings of Deenul Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us hidayat and guidance.